hello and welcome to a special edition of The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor of DRaysBay.com. And today I am joined by JT Morgan. Hi, JT. Hi. Glad to be here and watch some real baseball, even if it's not real. It's I mean, real enough. It felt real. So th- this is why we are on. We had actual baseball on our television screens, on our uh, my smartphone. Uh, streamed half the game while I was making my kids dinner. <laughs> like it was at six o'clock, which is so strange. Um, it's it's really weird. The uniform colors didn't make any sense or match at all. Uh, that was pretty gross. But we had real live Rays baseball happening on our screens abruptly ending after six <laughs> six innings. I didn't expect that part either. It was just like, oh, we're done. But here we are. Okay, so before we get into it, because I really want to talk about uh, the baseball that we just saw, because we saw a lot of young guys and it was really fun. We do have actual Rays news, so let's address it. Number one, very, very unfortunate. Colin Pochet is done for the season. How big of a train wreck is that, that Pochet needs Tommy John? It's obviously not ideal for himself, but as far as the team, they're in a very good spot to be able to absorb it. He probably was their fourth or fifth best reliever heading into the season, so it's not that big of a deal, but it definitely hurts. I feel like, so 2020 is not happening, right? But it's late into July right now where he's going to have the surgery. What does that mean for his timeline? Is he potentially pitching in 2022? Could he return then? Uh, definitely by 2022. There would be some chance of a late season, maybe a September 2021, that he could, uh, especially as a reliever, since he wouldn't have to build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is a real bummer. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere you really could have projected, you know, instead of a sophomore slump, maybe him doing a little bit more this season. Um, I don't think he was going to be high leverage, but I certainly thought he could have been a a meaningful contributing piece of the Rays roster. So I'm mildly bummed, but I'm also on such a cloud nine from seeing live baseball that at least there's that to comfort us. (laughs) The, The direct beneficiary of this news is Kevin Smith. Uh, So the Rays had uh, five catchers in camp. Two of them were not on the 40-man roster. Uh, That has now resolved itself. Uh, After Sunday, there was an opt-out opportunity for Chris Herman, who uh, took the exit stage left, and he will look for an opportunity elsewhere. And so the fourth man, a man with major league experience, Kevin Smith, uh, with Poche going to the injured list, now comes onto the 40-man roster uh, opening slot, and the Rays lock him in. So there's no longer any minor league invites. What are your thoughts and feelings on Kevin Smith? I think it was a necessary ad for the Rays. They definitely needed a third catcher with major league experience. This fills that void. And it's unfortunate for Michael Perez, who deserves a shot uh, to be a major leaguer. And he probably is one, even if it's just, uh, you know, a platoon. He's on the larger side of a platoon. He's not a great defender, but he can pass back there. Mm -hmm. But the thing with Kevin Smith is he's shown that he can hit reasonably well for a catcher. He has like a 90 WRC plus over his career, around 7,800 plate appearances, which is pretty solid. But – the knock has been he's 
somewhere in the negative 20 DRS or fielding <laughs> runs above average. So right. he's going to cost you a lot of runs there. So Yeah, and hopefully not. I mean, so the Rays don't seem like the kind of team that would target a catcher that has a horrible defensive reputation. I mean, I remember even our good catcher, bad catcher arguments would go back and forth. Is Sucre good or bad? Is Wilson Ramos good or bad? You know, it seems really subjective based on which angle you would approach it from. Kevin Smith seems to be a catcher who has an ability to command a staff. And I think that will help, uh, not just in the length of his experience so far, but also just his ability to call games, I think will be good. Um, he's got an 80-grade beard in July for some reason. <laughs> that sucker looks like he's been playing postseason baseball his whole life, and it never ended. Like, that beard is huge and glorious. And I know that has nothing to do with actual baseball abilities, but it, it's good uh, television entertainment. Um, do you think the Rays will roll with two or three catchers come opening day on, on Friday? I mean, tomorrow they have to name that. I'm not sure. Initially, I was, I was thinking three since we're at 30-man 30 uh, 30 rosters to start the season. But if they go with 16 or 17 pitchers, that doesn't really leave room for a third catcher, I believe. So practically speaking, thinking about cutting it down to 30 – out of the 40 man, uh, you have to option Perez, right? Yes, because you have to keep three major league catchers. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, Perez is the odd man out. Yeah, it was, it, it's been an interesting ride for him. He's a depth piece, though. I don't think, ultimately, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the leading man. I'm not uh, sure if he'll ever be a, your number one, but I think there's enough there that he will be a solid major leaguer in a position that has very few. <laughs> so <laughs> for sure, you know, and the fourth 40 man catcher, we are going to have to get to, and I think I'm going to save him for the end for the cherry on top to this uh, conversation. So let's get into the live baseball because that's where that catcher signed. But uh, first thinking about catching, I, I'm actually starting to think about pitching. So very important thing about opening day, think about the starting rotation. We know Morton and Yarbrough are going one, two. And it's been an open conversation for who's going number three. And both of those pitchers faced off tonight in this intra-squad game that we got on Fox Sports. And that was Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now. Did either of them impress you tonight? They looked fine. Uh, neither was great and neither was bad. They both were very similar. They had trouble putting their breaking balls in the zone and some fastball command, but it was mostly around the zone. Mm -hmm. But it led to deep counts and yeah, uh, elevated Tyler Glassnell, pitch counts. Tyler Glassnell had four walks and five strikeouts. <laughs> Something like that, and Snell was near the same. I mean, this is, is this just going to be major league pitching uh, when the season first starts, like in this late July, early August? Is, that, is this going to be everybody, or is this just our guys who are still tuning up? I think it'll be most guys will be held back some amount because we've only had about a month of buildup and some less like class now just coming back from his uh, virus. Uh, yeah. COVID stint, whatever they yeah, call it. Whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Which he self-disclosed and therefore I think it's okay to talk about he was on the COVID IL and then Blake Snell. I mean, we didn't know if he was going to opt into the season or not. 
right? He went back to Seattle. He was here in Florida waiting for the season to start. And then he noped his way across the country. And there was no reports on what his workouts were like or anything like that. Not That's not a conspiracy. It was just, it was a black box. He disappeared. He wasn't working out with the team anymore. You know, he's on Instagram playing golf. And then he comes back. And, you know, after the game today, he said, for him, this is week three of spring training. And that, uh, you know, come, you know, his potential first schedule start would be Sunday. Like, he's not ready. And I think that was very bold of him to be like, hey, I'm not there yet. Uh, and I, I wonder if he has been slowed up and if Glasnow slowed up. Do you think the Rays, I mean, they haven't chosen the number three starter. Do you think they would stack Snell and Glasnow together and try to make one complete game out of the two of them being at 75%? I doubt that they would combine them, but he definitely could get combined with someone like Trevor Richards mm-hmm. or a Jalen Beeks. I really like what we saw out of Trevor Richards today, and I'm not his uh, biggest advocate at D-Rays Bay. Uh, but, you know, he has the much-talked-about changeup, and I wonder if at a time when breaking balls are still kind of warming up and haven't been completely dialed in yet, I wonder if having a plus-plus changeup is a competitive advantage early in the running here because his changeup was on fire uh, from what we saw on TV today. Yes, uh, Richards was definitely the most impressive pitcher in the game today. Uh, five strikeouts and in three innings. Allowed I mean, the one home run, but no real contact outside of that. Yeah, and a mistake will definitely happen. And mistakes are going to happen once the season starts too, but he – really was fooling the major league hitters because this inter squad you know sometimes we had you know lucius fox was in the game right so we're not it's it's the full gamut of potential players but he was fooling Choi, right he was fooling some of the best hitters on the rays right now um so i i was strongly encouraged by richards this is my first moment of being excited about trevor richards jt does that make you happy (laughs) it does make me happy some (laughs) I don't know if I've ever been excited about Trevor Richards, but I'm glad he exists in a Rays uniform. Yeah, part of it might just be a star for baseball, but that was that was really impressive. I, so there's three other pitchers that I think we could really touch on. Um, one is a guy I never, ever, ever expected the Rays to name to their player pool for the season, let alone uh, watch him pitch and think, wow, something might be there. But Ryan Thompson, a reliever who has, uh, we'll kindly call it deception, right? It looks like he's a right-handed uh, Chris Sale. Is that what uh, Bradley Naveau on the uh, on the Slack chat was saying? Um, it's just this weird sidewinder approach. He's six foot five. Uh, I never expected him to be able to throw anything and it be in the zone, and he was throwing breaking balls that were blowing me away on my couch. He's definitely the least heralded of all the pitchers that threw tonight. And he might have, he quietly was probably the second most impressive behind Richards. I, I'm in shock. I mean, I did not expect him to be a meaningful contributor this season at all if it were the full 2020 season. And now I think we're, he's in the conversation that if we have an injury here or there or things are moving around, I wouldn't be terribly upset this season to see Thompson called up. That's good. No, it's definitely possible. Like, you're going to have relievers 
that are going to have to be called up and, you know, he might throw some meaningful innings. Cash said it last week and I didn't really believe him. I really thought he was just, you know, talking his guy up because he has to, right? Right. Wow. Okay, so Trevor Richards and Ryan Thompson, potentially meaningful Rays players in 2020. Trevor Richards, for sure, to start the season. I wouldn't be upset uh, seeing him in this opening series against the Blue Jays. I wouldn't be upset seeing him pitch against the Red Sox. I think we're going to see in the first five games, he might pitch the bulk of one of those games, and it could be good. So that's great. Uh, Two prospects also took the mound today on our television screens. Uh, Shane and Shane, if you will. Shane Boz and Shane McClanahan. What did you see from them, and were, were either of them impressing you? Were they uh, was it obvious either of them still had work to do? What, how did you feel? Well, Boss was the first one into the game, and he didn't pitch much because it was one inning and it was only a handful of pitches. He got help from his defense on balls that were fairly well struck, but not not mashed or anything. Sure. Um, he got up to ninety nine. Miles per hour, which is pretty standard. Uh, The slider, I didn't really notice much. He might have only thrown one or two. Yeah, I would agree. It it just all seems standard, and that's how spoiled I think we are from a prospect perspective because you and I have both watched Boz pitch on tape, and it looked exactly as advertised. It's like, yeah, here he is. There's the real deal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the fastball is is definitely high heat. Um, he pitched to contact some, and the defense bailed him out along the way. Um, you know, we had some diving catches from uh, Brandon Lau and Margot. Or both the, both of those were Boz hits, I believe. Yes. Um, so the defense certainly helped him out. On the on the flip side, Boz gave them something to work with. I think he looks like a major leaguer. Um, he definitely could be this year. Uh, most likely it would be a bullpen role, but if he's in a bullpen role, it could be a hell of a role. <laughs> <laughs> it could be special. What about McClanahan? Do you, did he look like a major leaguer tonight? Well, he started off with a four pitch walk uh, to Lucius Fox, which isn't the greatest start, but it could be just some amped up, you know, having that extra adrenaline or whatever. But he he settled down. There was good tailing action on his four-seamer. He got the three-pitch strikeout to Wendell and absolutely dotted, what, 98 uh, low and away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then struck out, who was it, uh, Cousins to end the game or whatever? Yeah, Yeah, Cousins or whoever that might be pronounced. I think it's Cousins. Oh, uh, no, no, it was O'Grady. Wasn't it O'Grady he struck out? Oh, O'Grady, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it was one, one of our surplus outfielders, outfielders, right? What, what, what's so striking, if you were tuned into the game and you saw them pitch back-to-back, you've got the right-handed Boz pitching with a standard delivery, and then you have left-handed McClanahan come in, and it is extreme effort. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it looks like he is putting uh, – or his life is on the line or something when he throws the pitch, man. It, he is trying as hard as he can. And, of course, that's why people have always uh, – and I say people, I mean scouts, prospect writers have considered McClanahan to maybe be uh, relief fodder. That hasn't been the case so far. The Rays have really uh, helped him mature into what looks like a starting pitching prospect. But seeing them pitch back-to-back, it was pretty striking. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign for the system that 
they are probably our maybe like eighth or ninth options for starting pitchers this year. It is ridiculous. I mean, if either of these prospects were in the Red Sox system, they'd be in the starting rotation. They might be their opening day starter. No offense to uh, Nathan Avaldi. <laughs> Plenty of offense to uh, uh, Ryan Weber or <laughs> whoever's <laughs> pitching next. <laughs> all right, all right. So that's enough pitching. Uh, we'll talk about hitters in just a second. All right, let's talk about the hitters now. Uh, I was so happy to see Yandy Diaz in the leadoff role. Or is he going to be the leadoff hitter this season? Because of the two intra-squad games are happening, Diaz is leadoff one of them. I was like, yes, this needs to happen. This happened against Oakland in the playoffs, and I fell in love with the idea. This is how I want leadoff to happen. I want it to be somebody terrifying. Yes or no? Oh, I think against left-handers, it's a definite possibility. With right-handers, it's probably going to be Yoshi to start the season. In leadoff? Yes. Whew. I mean, that, that works for my theory as well. I want – I used to advocate I wanted Ben Zobris to hit leadoff before I read the book, right? The book that goes through all the reasons why number two hitter should be your best hitter, and then Zobris was that, and I was like, okay, okay, I understand. But I wanted Zobris to lead off because I wanted the leadoff hitter to be absolutely terrifying. And he was the scariest hitter to face on the good race teams. I love the idea of Satsugo and Diaz. Watching race pitchers try to pitch to Satsugo, Diaz, they both had two walks to start the night. No one wanted to pitch to him. I love that. Yeah, I think the race hitters showed a lot of patience tonight. And the pitchers weren't wild but they were a little bit out of the zone and they forced them to try to come into the zone. They also struck out a lot, which is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, we'll definitely see spring training esque numbers. I feel like, uh, I feel like all year, this is such a strange season. Uh, one guy who looks dialed in two guys who look extremely dialed in. Let's go there. So Diaz and Yoshi just weren't getting fed. Right. But Choi, and Jose Martinez, two guys who physically you look at and you say, uh, this is not God's gift to athleticism. However, Choi thumping home run, Martinez three for three. What did you think of their performances as they were televised? Uh, G-Man Choi looked really good. He timed up a glass now upper fastball and sent it into the right field bleachers. Yeah, punished it. Yeah. It was one of those moments where uh, them having like to pump in crowd noise kind of creates this little lull or something because it, it's, it's extreme reaction, right? You have to wait for something to happen and then click the crowd noise button or something. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it's working. Uh, whatever poor race executive is, is being paid to sit there at his laptop, right? But I mean, it was loud. It was just very, very loud. And you knew it was gone. And I just love that. I love that G-Man Joy is a thing that continues to be good. He is definitely fun, and I'm all here for it. Uh, the Rays need to come up with the uh, pumped-in fake uh, crowd noise to that includes a G-Man Choi rant or, or, or chanting from the fans from the playoffs. Like We need to somehow bottle that and, and get that. Maybe we can fight it on YouTube. That needs to happen when Choi hits a home run. That it's just deserved at this point. It would be a lot of fun. 
And then Jose Martinez, he did not really get an opportunity at first base to work very hard. Uh, I've been very interested in seeing what he looks like on tape at this point because, uh, you know, I asked one talent evaluator what they thought of uh, Martinez's defense, and he said it's like watching a, a bus make a U-turn in a phone booth. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not encouraging to see him try to make a turn or make a play. Uh, he didn't really get a chance on defense tonight to show us what he's got, but what do you think of him as an addition to this race team? I really like him and think he's going to be useful. Being able to allow Yandy to play third base against lefties, where uh, Jose Martinez can uh, fill in at first, uh, is makes the lineup much deeper against left-handers. And to start the season with Meadows still doubtful, mm-hmm. uh, Martinez looks like he's ready. And even though he showed up late, he's he looks like he can be – the guy he was for two years in St. Louis. Right. And, you know, on my eye, I haven't watched a lot of him play in St. Louis. I've seen some tape. He looks pretty slim right now. He looks fit. And I appreciated that. Uh, And another first baseman in the race system who also looked pretty fit was Nate Lowe. He looks great on camera right now. Two, two players who are first base projected that now I'm starting to say maybe uh, they're a little lighter on their feet. Maybe they can make a couple more plays on defense than I would have expected before. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, throw any stones here about athleticism. I know that I'm kind of harping on that a couple times in a row here on the pod, but it's encouraging from a visuals perspective to see a huge break in baseball and for Martinez and Lowe to roll into camp looking awesome. Agreed. A first baseman, that's typically where you're, stuck when you have no other options but it's nice to see that especially uh nate could possibly pass it third i'm not sure but we'll find out maybe in a pinch why not i mean we've seen plenty of catchers make their way over to third base and do something with it i don't know why a slim nate low couldn't you know make something happen he had a pretty good rbi today lefty on lefty didn't he yeah, uh, it was a slider that hung a bit by Snell, but he was right on time and sent it up the middle and got the RBI, got the run home. Yes, sir. Well, well thinking about defense, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier Margot and Brandon Lau ma- making a little bit of a show of it in the outfield. I appreciated Brandon Lau sliding in in right field, uh, kind of like feet first and popping up with the ball. That was uh, really nice to see, particularly for a position he's not used to playing as our second baseman. Um, but two other, or I guess, uh, yeah, two other we could talk about. One is, is only technically speaking, but first off, uh, Yoshi, we talked about him as a hitter. What about Yoshi, the defender? Uh, he didn't really have many options. Uh, many opportunities today he ran pretty well to get a ball that almost got in the stands and then he wasn't able to get one of the uh jose martinez ground balls Mm -hmm. that was a toughish play so i don't know yeah it's not what i would expect to be made he seemed to have a good feel for tracking like like you said toward the stands he tracked a ball down but also he kind of had a throw that wasn't the most effort (laughs) yeah 
Uh, and then the other, the other de defending oddity was another Japanese uh, member of the Rays organization, but not a Rays player. In the fourth inning, there was no left fielder. So the guy who ran out in the left field was Seiya Sano. Do you know who this is? Uh, I did not before today. <laughs> I couldn't believe he was out there. So he's been throwing BP for the Rays from the left side. And he's uh, one of the translating uh, members of staff for Sutsugo. I think he's going to be the primary for in the season. Um, he had a much bigger role to play during the spring when all the Japanese media were traveling to the United States. And, you know, that's one of the disappointments of COVID is I think the race could have had a whole lot of media following around uh, for Sutsugo here. Um, so that's kind of like the role that Seiya plays. That's his two primary roles. I know it's definitely all hands on deck right now for the Rays organization, particularly with furloughed employees. So he might be doing other things, but he's the lefty BP man. He is the translator for Yoshi. And apparently he's in moonlighting in left field. So <laughs> that was, that was fun to see him out there as well. Um, okay. Let's cap it off with the cherry on top. The thing I am probably most excited to talk about is Holy crap, Ronaldo Hernandez is good? Uh, he has always been good, but last year definitely took a step back with the bat. And, you know, Florida State League isn't the easiest to hit in. It's but, truly not, yeah. But he showed some power today. He was hitting grown man, well, should have been two home runs. In most ballparks, the second one he hit. So – we, if you told me heading into this simulated game, if you told me heading into this COVID camp, Ronaldo Hernandez will show up on TV and hit a grown man's home run into left field and then hit another one into the triangle that confused the outfielders. And so he had a stand-up triple. I, I would be just in complete shock. This is an A-ball catcher who, I mean, probably would have gotten an aggressive placement in double-A because the Rays were forced to put a 22-year-old on the 40-man roster due to the international signing rules and he signed young out of Columbia. Uh, but physically he's a dominating presence. He seemed to uh, be throwing the ball really well, trying to nag base runners uh, throughout the week, according to the beat writers that have seen him uh, when he's on the field in the games that were not televised. I mean, this is a very encouraging development. The Rays could have four catchers on this roster when I really expected they had two. Yeah, there were only two that you would have expected but there were the two uh, that were invited uh, in Herman and, uh, and Smith. But I was a bit surprised that Ronaldo Hernandez was added to the 60-man, considering that they didn't add many pure prospects. Mm -hmm. He's a catcher. He's far away. He probably needed the work the most of any of the players that were added mm -hmm. or could have been added considering his 40-man status and where he is developmentally and right. how he has to get to the major leagues. So I understand it from that point. But at the same time, he's probably the least likely guy you would have expected to see a major league roster this year. And at the same time, as a catcher, who knows what happens? Last, last year, we went through what was it, half a dozen catchers in a week? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we had to have five or six, and that's the Rays had to make a desperation play and have the Dodgers do them a favor to give them a warm body, and lo and behold, Travis Darno was good. 
yeah, they were very fortunate there. And if something like that happened again, uh, they would likely have to trade either for a major league vet, uh, you know, a triple A veteran from somebody just like they did last year when they had to bring in like Eric Kratz. But Ronaldo Hernandez might see major league roster for a day or two. If while they try to find this player. It's, it's really surprising. And I think he might have staying power if he shows up and does something like that in season. It's very strange to see it, particularly when he had a down year offensively. We've been following his career since 2014 when he was one of the high-profile signings in that international class. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. Was it, was it 18 where he won the home run derby for his league? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah, for Bowling Green. I mean, he's definitely a power prospect. But this was putting on a show against Richards. This was putting on a show against the, the talent that we were talking up as the most impressive pitcher of the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm so it was happy. definitely a pitch that got too much of the plate by Richards, but to Hernandez's credit, first pitch, he wasn't afraid to swing, and he put it in the bleachers. Mm-hmm. I and mean, then, at this point, his biggest concerns are what? Blocking and, and framing, I think is how we've kind of always talked uh, about. Probably framing mostly. Blocking some, but he has an incredible arm. And he's also a feel-good name when it comes to race prospects, too. You know, a lot of them will do good work, and even if their stories get publicized uh, from top to bottom in the Rays roster, it's easy to forget. Um, You know, I was reflecting on uh, Josh Tolentino departing from the Rays beat and reading back some of his best stories. And, you know, he had a great profile on Charlie Morton, and buried in that is talking about Morton uh, giving dress shirts to everyone in the Rays org, right? <laughs> Having them professionally fitted by Taylor. There's so many positive feel-good stories that can kind of slip through the cracks. And Ronaldo Hernandez is one of those. At the beginning of the year, there was a great story on him going house to house in his hometown, giving food to the people in need uh, back in Colombia that were being impacted by the COVID crisis, by the pandemic right at the onset. You know, not really showing fear for the virus, but really going out and doing as much good in his community as he could. And Juan Toribio had a great article on that for MLB.com or RaysBaseball.com. Very easy to find online. Uh, So he kind of like had a soft spot for me here thinking about, oh, it's great that he made the 60 man. That's cute. Uh, The power is real. And if the last thing he needs to work on is framing, I think you can give a little when another option might be we need to look for Jesus Sucre <laughs> or, and ask if he's ever tired or not. You know, he I think might be able to force the issue and that's all you can really ask right now. 22 years old. Okay. Well, uh, did you have any other thoughts on uh, this uh, six inning exhibition we got? Not really. I think we hit most of the game, but I was very happy to actually see some semblance of baseball and can't wait for Friday night. I know just a couple more sleeps. All right. Well, that was fun. That's our report on this exhibition game. There will be plenty more to talk about. Thank you, JT, for hopping on the hit show. And we'll talk to everyone soon.